Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, traders. How are we doing? Yes, yes, I know. In another suit. But guess what? Money Mitch is the name. You guys already know. Let's go ahead and bring on the brains to the show, really. I mean... We got Dennis Dick, Joel Conan. What's going on, guys? Well, so do you go with uh, like the blue sport coat, the different shirts, and different ties, or do you did you actually bring more than one um, sport coat? Oh, more than one sport coat. Wow. Yeah, Joel. Woo. Wow. I was gonna call him. I can't prepare it. I mean, do do we need to like ooh, a little? Oh, oh he brought the pants. Look on. at this guy. There's no yeah. jogging pants there. That's the, the brown. Full... The brown boy. Brown, yeah, brown That's is everything. in. I don't understand. Uh, that, I see the brown with the blue. I, I just I'm Styles. Not sure. His new name is Styles. You, you got to look like what you are, right? And I'm Money Mitch. So let's get this part started, Styles, man. All right, uh, Lions. Go Lions. Wow. Go Lions this weekend. I, and I got my uh, American Pharaoh shirt on this morning. Hey. So we're uh, – I always wear a college shirt. Place, that, that's always. dressed up. Yeah, they – Today is, guys, today. I had a, a little heart attack. I went to pick up my uh, my uh, suit at the cleaners, even though I didn't wear it to services, and the guy couldn't find it. And I'm like, holy oh, smack. Oh. So I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to have to go buy another suit. But, uh, no, I'm good. Joe, Joe was getting the hand warm there. Oh, <laughs> he's a good guy. Chris is a good guy. S&P Futures, wild range. We dipped to 85.50. Back up. Joe? down. Oh, I'll share the charts. Down only two and a quarter by the dip. Works supreme once again. Uh, European uh, ECB had a little bit to do with that. Yes. We'll talk about that in a second. Crude up 46 cents to 69.76, trying to get back in the 70 handle. Gold battling 1800 up 840 at 1801.90. Silver up 26 cents to 24.32. Bitcoin trying to decide what to do here at 46k. We're down 85 dollars at 46.435. And Ethereum that's down 27 dollars and 50 cents at 350875. Uh, recovering from that little sell off. Uh, before we get super involved, uh, I don't know if Emily's listening, but happy 26th birthday to my daughter, Emily. Now, you guys look at me, and I know the chat is saying, how in the hell can that guy have a kid 26 years old? (laughs) I know that's what y'all are saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially (laughs) the women (laughs) out there. The women out there just... I don't know. Do we have any women robots in the chat? I don't know. <laughs> They're all robots. Remember, we found that out already. I do robots have a sex? I don't think they do, Joel. <laughs> and, and, and to celebrate Emily's birthday, I got up and I went swimming. 54 degrees outside. 54. Cool. Mornings, Joel. Yeah. Are, you, are you done with the shorts? Is shorts officially hung up? Oh, in no. The I, I, no I'll, wear, I'll still wear shorts until it's consistently under under 60. You got to wear the shorts. I haven't even got the pants out of the closet yet. <laughs> but uh, needless to say, I didn't have a problem getting a lane at the pool this morning. And no one was pushing me out at the, with that 54 degree weather. But well, uh, uh, my question there would be do, do you have some Lululemon? <laughs> yeah. uh you know lululemon is coming out with some michigan gear 
Hey, there yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk, Lulu boy. Street yeah. leading the yeah. wrong way into the report. Yeah, definitely. Why though? Because Lulu, don't they <laughs> always beat? It seems like we every quarter we talk about Lulu and the stock is gapping up. Maybe it's selective perception on my part, but I feel like this company always beats. Well, let's so, take a look. I don't know who's selling ahead of the report, look, but know. they're dead wrong. I know. Give uh, us those numbers, Money Mitch. I think there's no better way than taking a look here on the chart. If you see here to the left, look at the surprises. And I'm going to put up my chart here so you guys can see Benzinga Pro. If you went to the calendar, this will show you it. Look, there's only about two or three reds there and about like 15 greens on these reports. So I think your, your analysis there, Dennis, was correct. Uh, Lululemon is trading higher after Q2 earnings beat there. Let's go ahead and the numbers here is a dollar and sixty-five cents per share beat the estimate of a dollar and eighteen. The sales were at a hunt at one point five billion and beat a one point three three billion estimate. So we're seeing it there, and I mean, your surprise says it right there, guys. So how the charts looking, Joel? That's the hardest chart ever to read. You're gapping up above the all-time high. Yep. Yeah, let's just call the all-time high. Uh, let's see. The all-time high was just a few sessions ago at uh, four seventeen eighty-five. You're at four twenty-nine. Ah, I could call that support. I can see made trading four eighteen today on the upside. Wow, they they just jammed it after hours. The four a.m. traders couldn't get enough. Uh, if you need a potential resistance point, and I put a capital P on there, uh, four thirty-four. 49 that is your pre-market high so projected range 417 to 435 we'll see how close i am on that i like that projected range that should be a regular thing for you joel projected yeah. range we like that we like those uh projected ranges it gives and us i don't know what the hell the stock they, can go and i don't know what the heck to do it either I, I i guess i'd try and buy at 418 and sell at 435 and you know, uh, I like my sympathy plays. So Nike, NKE, getting a lift off of this, obviously, up $2.64. Um, sometimes you see some Under Armour lift here as well. Full disclosure, I do position in Under Armour. Got the one long, the one short. Um, yeah, so you're getting a lift in yeah. you, a little lift in UA, but a bigger lift in Nike. That is typical uh, when the Lululemon is going to be moving up 12%. So peer plays, just understand there's relationships there, and that's why Nike is up here this morning. I still think I, I, I'm i leaning a little bit more towards seeing that 418, just because everyone was selling into the report, right? And now the, the people that didn't sell, like, wow, oh, I can still sell seven points above the all-time high. So, And also whatever option traders, if you took a flyer on the 410s or something like that. So that's the way I'm leaning. We'll, we'll see what happens in today's action. Also, uh, keep your eyes on ASO today. Also trading up, I believe, on that sympathy from Lulu. Let's go ahead and continue here. Let's go into RH, Restoration Homes, with a earnings smash. I like that better, Restoration Homes. I like that, that better, it? actually. Maybe they should change the name. Obviously, Mitch, Mitch meant Restoration Hardware. <laughs> but you know what? He's right. Restoration Homes would be a better name for this because they try to restore all the furniture in your homes to make it look really old and antique -y. That's really what Restoration RH does. But 
Okay, give us those numbers, Mitch. Sorry to interrupt. I like that. Though. No, I mean, agreed. I got to say it right here. Second quarter, future 2021 sales growth of 39% year over year to 988 millions, beating the analyst consensus of 975 billion. Their growth profit increased to 46.7% year over year to 487 million, with margins expanding 240 basis points to 49.3%. So definitely, I mean, you're seeing a, a good beat there. Uh, they lifted their future 2021 outlook, and you can see it. Um, good good reaction there. We'll see if it can continue breaking through that monthly high there, that monthly chart standing out to me. The Tesla love the furniture industry, Joel, because it, you know, valuation has never made sense on this and it has never mattered, just continues to grind higher and grind higher and grind higher. I mean, you can't compare with Williams Sonoma. Maybe we should have known they would beat after WSM beat. You look at this, um, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So this is coming up, lots of overhead supply. So unlike the Lululemon report where you've got a stock gapping up into an all-time high, this stock has all kinds of resistance everywhere. Where it stops, who, who knows? I think logically, 700 bucks, probably a logical uh, stall-out point. And obviously, I'm just looking at the pre-market chart now, not joking, and we see that little candle almost exactly at $700. So the market was reading my mind. Uh, I couldn't get I was 700 was just a psych level so I, I couldn't I, in all honesty give you anything at 699 but I tell you if I was an RH trader and this thing continues to rally I don't think we're going to see this level today but if this thing got up anywhere near 710 baby it would be palms out three highs in a row 71054 71205 and 71168. I would just want to be early and get out there at 710. The fact that the early jump couldn't take you over 700 makes me think you won't see that today. Uh, will you see the top of yesterday's range as potential support? Sure, why not? 673.72. That was the top of yesterday's range. And I just want to see what uh old Williams Sonoma did after that report. Cause I remember it kind of trading like two Oh four and Ooh, Ooh, I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Dash. Williams Sonoma report was real good too. It filled the gap, came back down. It did not hold. Now you're so a buyer. If you're, you're, if a buyer, you're using Williams that for Sonoma. an indicator, Joel, which is the, how I trade. I mean, I will yeah. tell you the number one toolbox, the hammer in my toolbox is always relationships. There you so go. we do have precedence and fantastic for you to note that William Sonoma, obviously with the big blow away, but gave her back afterwards. So makes me a little hesitant to chase restoration hardware. Here. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we haven't been chasing it, Dennis, since $49. No, I know. So Goldman I don't upgraded know it back at $35. Bucks. <laughs> I was like, what do they see in this thing? Now it's $700. Good job, Goldman. That's an unbelievable call. I wonder what That's their rating. That's the best call ever. I don't know who that is. What's their rating is. on that stock now? <laughs> I don't know if it's still come... buy or not, but I tell you, man, everybody hated restoration hardware five, six years ago when it was 35 bucks, and Goldman upgraded it, and it has never, ever looked back. I think that was that... 2016. Maybe it might, it might have been 2017. Raz liked that one too. Raz all over this. We got to get some love. He's been long this thing forever as well. I'm not sure if he's still in or not, but he's had some great calls. The Raz, we're trying to get him back on the yeah. show. Guys. We've been trying to hunt him down, actually. He's in the writing. It's sports season. This guy's living the dream right now. So I don't know where he is. We never know what he's doing. Where in the world is Jason Raznick? Yeah, it's true, Mitch. Where I'm is Jason the video. Raznick? We, we know he's tomorrow. 
He's got a busy life, man. He's, he's doing a million things no, all the time. I'm calling it right now. You guys hit the like for Jason because we're going to get him on tomorrow. I want to do this also for, uh, as you can see, another kind of straight green. There's only one here where it was a surprise of minus 200%, but everything else was in the green there for the last reports on RH. This is what you kind of look at. I, I know Joel always talks about this. Look to see how the history has been for their earnings. And yeah. Definitely well, for long-term investing, man. You got to take a look at that. Yeah, I, I know you always talk about that. Let's go ahead. Uh, we miss Raz too, Christy. That's why we're talking about him. That's without a doubt. Let's go ahead. Let's get into GameStop now. I know that some people were talking about GME. This Tom talking about the conference call here was a disaster. I mean, really, I mean, there's not much they can say right it now. It wasn't even a disaster. It was non-existent. Yeah, it was just non-existent. It was five minutes. Yeah, so... They gave the numbers and said, we're not giving any guidance and we're not taking questions. <laughs> okay, then. Confidence. Confidence in, for the shareholders. They don't need to. They, they, they It's the black... Pe the people like the idea of not knowing what's going on because it gives them the potential. So they keep the shareholders in the dark just to keep the stock price elevated, I think. They... Anyways, I really don't know. There was rumors yesterday, though, AMC GameStop yeah. going to do some type of relationship or some type of deal. Some advertising well, deal, right, Mitch? Like is that what it is? Put yeah. 25. They're trying to put some advertisement there, uh, do a little connection. Um, it isn't really big, but one thing that they did say, and I'll read the numbers right quick. EPS was at 76 cents, misses at 66 cents estimate. Sales were at 1.18. Eight billion uh, beat the 1.12 billion estimate. Not by much there, but the retailers say that it has invested in long-term growth initiatives during the quarter, including expanding its product catalog, enhancing its fulfillment network capabilities, technology, and adding talent across the organization. We know that they were looking for some NFT. Uh, kind of employees. So maybe we get something out of that for NFTs. They also did enter into a lease of a new 530,000 square foot uh, fulfillment center in Reno. Um, but they even ended the the quarter with 1.78 billion in cash, no long-term debt outside of the 47.5 million low interest rate that they got from the French government in the pandemic response. That's so at least from their strategy and what they're approaching, it doesn't look too bad there. Well, they all got the cash because they were smart and they've been selling cash so as the price stock price has been inflated. Yeah. You got to take advantage of that. AMC obviously was doing it as well. And I mean, that's the one good thing is, you know, from this is that the companies have actually been able to raise cash to, Obviously, you know, throw bankruptcy out with the window here. And now they're trying to look to expand. So amazing that shareholders can save a stock. But in this case, in both, I believe, AMC and GME, that is exactly what has occurred. To try to analyze where these stocks are going when they're completely disconnected from fundamentals is nearly impossible. But we can always do stuff on a technical. I mean, you've come down. It seems like GameStop dips get bought, though. It seems like AMC dips get bought. You know, you try to get bearish these things. You think, oh, maybe it's reconnecting with fundamentals, and then they just get bought up again. So um, I've stopped trying to individually trade these things. Obviously, we know I like to trade GameStop and AMC together as a pair. GameStop, disappointing earnings. AMC is down in sympathy today. You know, I guess the companies do have something to do together if they have an advertising deal. But they haven't, obviously, before yesterday had anything fundamental to do with each other. But they're both these two meme stocks that obviously have started this whole meme revolution and these two stocks do trade together and there is a relationship there sometimes it deviates but 
you know, and obviously the chart in the last week and a half has deviated substantially because GameStop's been selling off and AMC has not been selling off. But got to respect those relationships and they have been holding here. Eventually, maybe that relationship breaks down and it has been breaking down. But um, I like to extract the alpha while the relationship appears to still be intact. I just never want to start to close above $347.51. That's where you sold it, eh? Yeah. Yep. You yep. might have be there's two <laughs> things that Joel is like the best trader. It's Bitcoin because when he 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 made like a hundred percent in Bitcoin in like six days. He bought like seven thousand and sold like fourteen thousand like six days later back in twenty eighteen. Should have bought it back. Was, you're good at that. And then the AMs, the GME. Where did you buy GME? Where did it you was it's it, single digits. You bought it in single digits and sold at $351. Man, why are you still doing this show? Because <laughs> it wasn't a big enough position. It wasn't a big enough position. <laughs> put all the eggs in that basket. $347.51. And now it was a fight to sell it that day. And the but, next morning when it traded four eighty three. Nope, she didn't want to sell it. She did not want to sell it. And I'm like, well, I was sick of talking about it on the show. That was a that was the main thing. But this is a tough chart. And so if we have any uh, Reddit uh, people in here, uh, let me know where you're going to buy it because the next daily low I see is 165.15. I don't think we're going there today. That's another 15 bucks away. If you feel you need to get down and dirty and you need a level to lean on, pre-market low is 177. You could take a shot there, see what happens, get stopped out. But that's all I have, 177, then I have that daily. That's a big candle that it had on the way up. So, you know, go up quickly through a big candle, come down quickly through a big candle. Haven't looked at AMC in a while. I know I'm not going to the movie theater anytime soon, but hey, who needs Why not? To? Why aren't you going to the movie theater? Tell me. Uh, I heard I don't know. Well, first of all, are there any good movies out? Mitch, well, maybe... we're Earth chat. We'll throw that to you because I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think so. At least the ones that I, I wanted to watch, I, I was able to watch on HBO. I have HBO Max, so. You know what I am doing now, and I well, I haven't made an official de- um, uh, decision yet, but uh, that I sat out the first Michigan home game. Uh, I think I'm going to this. Yeah, yeah. It's Go blue. Saturday Cranky. night game. You couldn't resist now. He's Mitch, are you gonna, do you want to stick open. around until Saturday night? I got an extra ticket for you. Ooh, that, oh. that is tempting. I'm going to have to push that flight back. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Okay. Uh, let, let's go ahead and let's get into one more topic here. I know that, uh, Dennis, you, you might want to talk a little bit more about this. What's going on with the ECB this morning? Yeah, we'll try, yeah. How is it affecting the market? Uh, I, know, I know you probably explain this better. but um, Well, interesting enough that it actually looks like they're tapering. Is, is that that's yeah. how I read that headline? That's the way I, read it I, too. I read it in like 10 yeah. seconds. So let's just bring up the actual headline there. Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I have some I have some headlines here. Um there's no exact one, but here here's where, I got it in front of me if you don't. You got it. Go ahead. If you yeah. Want, like, so ECB start. announces their monetary policy decisions. This came out 745. It is the reason for the rally off of the lows. Because if you look at the S P charts and Joel bring that up right now, you'll see a significant rally at 745. And this is because of the ECB. Based on a joint assessment of financing conditions and the inflation outlook, the Governing Council judges that favorable financing conditions can be maintained with a moderately lower 
pace of net asset purchases under the pandemic emergency purchases program, PEPP, than in the previous two quarters. So basically, it looks to me like they're doing some tapering. So, wow, they beat the Fed to that. Uh, interest rates on the main refinancing operations and interest rates on the marginal lending facility and the deposit facility remain unchanged at 0.00.025 and minus 0.5% respectively. So talk about negative interest rates. There they are over there in Europe. Um, so interest rates remain unchanged, but looks like they're doing a little bit of tapering. And you know what? Maybe in this case, this is something the Fed takes note of, that actually the market responded favorably. And maybe this was expected, and we know it's all about expectations, so I don't follow what's happening with European monetary policy, so I cannot tell you what was expected. But they're responding well to a little bit of less asset purchases this morning. Yeah, you know, inflation already rose to 3% in August. So I think that was another thing that they were focusing on. They kept seeing the raise of inflation going past. It's a major issue. So... Everybody who's saying, you know, that this is just transitory, I do not agree with. And I think you're getting a lot of CEOs coming out lately. We've obviously just had Sherwin Williams saying they don't agree with it either. And we had the Campbell's, you know, uh, company. Palti Homes. You know, there's been just a number of companies, the major companies that have difficulty passing it through, that have been complaining, uh, complaining about inflation. If you're Kathy Wood and you're looking at technology, is there inflation technology? Not really. We know prices of computers have come down if you want to get very, very basic. But, you know, there is deflationary pressures in technology. So if you've got your blinders on, you're just looking you know, at tech stocks, you think, oh, yeah, I'm seeing deflation. But if you take those blinders off and look at the rest of the world, maybe there's a little bit of deflation in some tech stocks. I tell you, in the rest of the world, it's not deflation. We got major inflation across a number of different sectors. So Kathy Wood with the blinders on talking deflation and taking it to the entire, you know, uh, and taking it to um, you know, the entire economy when really it's just deflationary pressures in tech. So overall, inflation's a major issue. That's why I still, you know, even on the pullback, I bought some lumber stocks a few weeks ago. Um, I wouldn't even mind some steel stocks here because I don't think, and, and steel, you know, just to speak about that, has come off substantially. I still own my new core, but I sold my X. I had Cleveland Cliffs at one time. I sold that too. So, you know, maybe it's a time, you know, if you start to get a pullback in some of these sectors, I still think inflation is not going away. I mean, uh, it, it, you can go look at the Coke prices. I don't think it's going away, man. No, you go there. And like I said, you know, uh, my friend or friend of a friend has got the restaurants and chicken wings, bag of chicken wings for his restaurant. 100 bucks a bag last year. Now he's pu- pushing 220 bucks for the same bag of chicken wings. But there's no inflation. That's a hard to pass through. That puts pressure on the restaurants. Think about how much pressure, you know, small business in the restaurants as well. Like you've got, you know, obviously wage inflation going to be happening because you can't have, you know, be paying somebody eight or 10 or 12 bucks an hour and expect them to be able to, you know, survive in this world. It's very difficult here at 12 bucks an hour. In some places, it's less than that. So you've got wage inflation coming up and hitting these small businesses. You've got, obviously, you've got consumer, you know, inputs that are going in here, like the chicken wings hitting them. And then you've got, you know, so what do you got to do? You got to pass it through. You got to raise your prices at your restaurant. Kramer said he raised his, uh, you know, in his little um, bar that he's got there. Uh, he raised his beer prices or his drink prices from like six bucks to nine bucks. I Ooh, mean, what are you going to do? That's what huge. are you going to do? And we saw the, the squeezing of Sam even. I didn't look, you know, but, oh, you know, this is another story. Maybe it's a good segue. I did not read. They gave some guidance yesterday and it's not good. 
Sam, S-A-M, Boston Beer, which has just been in the gutter and continues to get wrecked, now falls another 9%. Um, Is this capitulation? Who knows? But there's, you know, a lot of other issues with Sam as well. We talked about the microbreweries coming in, and that doesn't help the big makers of of beer and and, uh, spirits. But, I mean, you look here and you think, wow, you know, this stock was $1,300 at an all-time high back in April. It is now 500 bucks. It's down 65% from the highs. Obviously, not every stock you're looking at or every company you're looking at is in this raging bull market. No, not at all. Uh, Pre-market low 500 right on the kisser. Uh, What do you got on the monthly lows? Uh, Oh, 498.29. If you've been waiting to buy the stock since June of last year, there's a level for you, 498.29. That's right with the 500. Wow, this reminds me of the uh, stomps.com chart. Remember when uh, going back? That, that, that was a good buy. Are you saying you want to get down and dirty in some sand? I said it looks like it. I know. I and say, I said, uh, like somebody just said, oh, capitulation, big word. I'm like, maybe capitulation. You could have thought that. Maybe before. being the key word. Yeah, when did I, that stop? And we're trying to read the um, guidance. Are they yeah. talking about like why? They drew, they with two guidance, I think. Industry reports of estimate the full year 2021 volume for the hard seltzer market retail sales will have over 100 million fewer cases than the volumes estimated in May 2021. Yikes! And they're you know what they're getting hit with the don't and don't kid yourself they're getting hit with the slower reopening. I mean yes you know some people are telling me that Disney World is packed but I'm telling you there is a hesitancy you know, that we did not think was going to happen before Delta emerged. So get rid of Delta, you know, maybe some of these other companies, the spirits makers, the beer makers, maybe start to rebound. But these are reopening stocks and the reopening trade has been hit hard. Don't look any further than the airlines. You know, you can see what they've done as well here in the last three months and they've been straight down. So reopening, you got to take your stocks. When you're looking at buying a stock, classify it. Is this a reopening play? That's the first classification really in this market you want to do. Is it a reopening play? Is it a stay-at-home play? Or is it a hybrid? Or is it none of those? So if it's a reopening play, you put all those stocks together because they all move together. People keep asking me, why is GM and Ford keep getting hit? Those are really reopening stocks, though. Yes, they have the EV revolution going on in them. Yes, they are going to be major EV players. But they are reopening stocks at their core. And you are not seeing um, you know, the, 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 the big reopening that we once thought. But um, you, you might see it, though. I'm not saying it's – I think it's just delayed. I think you're going to eventually get a good reopening. But the pure reopening stocks, the airlines, the cruise lines, the casinos, those have been hammered. I got hit hard in Las Vegas Sands. I ate some of the – I ate half the loss here because in Consolidation Station here around 44. I got half my losses back, and I said, thank you. Sometimes you got to cut your losers. I'm still in a little piece of it. Penn Gaming has come back nicely, but also has a sports betting aspect of it. So – I don't know, Joel. What are your thoughts here? You know, I let's thought, go back to Sam. Wasn't the summer? No, I mean, well, Sam. I mean, I could get summer you that, of Sam. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. That. Was that, that, a, that, that was pre-market low? Wasn't that was it. No, I don't that think was I a thought though. That was a that was a killer. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't a good yeah, movie. Though. Yeah, don't don't mention that. Um, well, well, I was mentioning the movie, not that the killer was good. Okay, Actually, th- I didn't know anything about what the movie was. To be honest okay. with you, a uh, couple things. One. And it and I see it written about just a little bit, but the summer was supposed to be good. The summer was supposed to be people that were supposed to be outside, and you know we were supposed to have you know a reversal of the trend and, and worry about the fall and the winter. So 
Mm. You know, so the summer, you can't say, you know, with the cases and the variants actually being good. So that that's a huge negative. And I think that that, you know, it hasn't been getting the, the headlines as much, but that I think that's it. As far as this uh, Boston beer, uh, Sam's, um, not a huge beer drinker. Never, I don't know if I've ever had uh, any of uh, Boston beer, but pre-market low, four ninety-eight fifty. That's a big brand, though. So. If you want to take a stab here, the other thing I just wanted to mention, and I and I didn't get a chance to at the top of the show. Uh, you know, you're saying you know the ECB, you're saying this or whatever, but you know what? It's rollover, folks, and you always get this kind of choppy action during rollover. I mean, you got air pockets, people that are, you know, doing working out of the sap, getting into the D's, you know, reversing their positions. Some guys are just coming in, doing it all at once, you know, 500 at the market sap, 500 in the market D's. There's other more crafty players that try and actual work wow. to spread. So this is the first day of the December contract. I'm still going to be doing spoon numbers. I'll do spoon numbers for SEP today and tomorrow. Monday, I'll transition to the D's. And then next Friday, we have the quad witch. And I, I mentioned this. Uh, I can't remember who I was talking to about this yesterday. I know some traders on the floor that would not step on the floor during rollover from the Tuesday, because Wednesday was the last day of the SEP, until after the quad witch. They said, you know what? I just... You know, they didn't like the market. They didn't like the, the flow of it. So this is typical action that you see on a rollover. So whatever, you know, ECB earnings, yada, 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 Bitcoin. This is this is a, this is a repeatable trading action. And just based on that, I'm looking us up. You know, we traded down 85.50. We're only down five and a half handles now. If we can't get this thing green, if we can't get to uh, 12, uh, what was it close? 12.50, I think they're going to spank this market again. We got to get green and we got to hold green or else I think, I don't know if we'll get down to that pre-market low, I, but uh, I think it's really important for the market to get green after this, you know, back and forth. Activity. I wish you could see my screen and I have a number, you know, a, a large number, like 150 of the S&P 500 components. And none of them are up. Hardly any. I'm scrambling around trying to find something green. Nike is green, obviously, because we know that's from Lululemon. But you're just looking around here, and it's a lot of stocks in the red. And you think, how in the hell did they almost take this spy green when they got this many stocks trading in the red? And what, you know, Mass. and obviously when you get into after 930, you have the high-frequency arbitrage traders that come in and bring it all in. So you get to 935, and it's all, you know, figured out, and the market is where the market wants to be. Pre-market, they're still figuring out. You know, you got half the S and P 500 companies that probably even had, you know, have maybe not even had a trade this morning. So there's a lot of you know figuring that's going out into this. But you know what I try to do, and I, I'm giving away strategies here, but I try to look at stuff like that. And I often do make money just by looking and saying, "Hey, I see a hell of a lot of red." You know, all of a sudden we get a huge whipsaw move higher in S and P. Are the stocks playing catch up here? Or are the S&P futures, you know, maybe just overshot? And if you're seeing a hell of a lot of red still, maybe it's a time to maybe put a short on SPY when they get up near that flat. And that would have been the case this morning because now you're starting to leak here a little bit because we almost got flat there, Joel, of when we started the show around 8 o'clock. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, and just real quickly, someone asked uh, the rollover in, in the futures contracts. And that the, the futures contracts for like the S&Ps and a lot of the financials trade March, June, September, and December. They're quarterly contracts. So when it comes to the expiration, if you want to keep your long spoo position, right, it expires next Friday, you have to close out the nearest expiring contract. And then initiate the you know um, a similar position in a in a forward month contract. So conversely, if you're long to September, you want to stay long September. You have to sell September and buy the December. So that's if you opt to roll over. Um, it happens. It create like I said, this is it happens. You know, a lot of people. Oh, I'm going to wait to the uh, to the quad witch day. Excuse me. Most of the big traders in the futures do the rollover, and that's why crude is so darn hard to trade. It's because they roll over every month, and it's like you know you do the you know doing levels in that is you know just hitting your head against the wall because every month and there and there's like some big disparities in it you know the continual the backwardation. But I just wanted to explain the rollover and the rollover leads to the quad witch expiration, which should be an interesting one next Friday. One minute. All right. Oh, yes. Gonna come on here. Just yes. quick thoughts. Quick thoughts. Just oh, looking here. I, huh? Like I said, sometimes you can look at what's trading red. A better indicator that I use in the morning is looking at the pre-market imbalances. And, you know, on, on a day that we have option expiration, they don't mean as much because they're wild. But on a day that there's really not as much happening, the pre-market imbalances give you a pretty good feel. And they are all mostly not huge, but decidedly to the red. 
and I'm looking at Pfizer with 167,000 to sell. Again, if you're new to imbalances, we've explained this on the show before, but if you're new to the show, the pre-market imbalances for New York Stock Exchange stocks come out at eight o'clock. What that is doing is giving you an indication for the opening. When I see Pfizer with 167,000 to sell, what that is telling me is that relative to the close, there was 167,000 more shares to sell than buy. The projected opening right now on that stock is 4620 with that volume. Institution comes in, says buy 200,000 shares of 47. That buying, but that sell balance will flip to buy. So obviously, it's a moving target until the stock's physically open, but it gives you an idea of where the buyers and sellers are positioning themselves for the open. Coke, 76,000 to sell. JP Morgan, 55,000 to sell. IBM, 47,000 to sell. General Motors, 58,000 to sell. Yes, I'm cherry picking some sell ones, but I'll tell you, looking at my screen, I don't see a hell of a lot of buy ones. I do see one in Visa, 24,000 to buy. Uh, but for the most part, it's looking like a red open. Yeah, we'll definitely be looking at it. You know, one thing I've been mentioning is, of course, the seasonality of September coming into play here. And also one of the things is when you're having that look, right, that seasonality that normally there's pullbacks in September. And also you're getting the spy at the top of the range looking like it wants to come back down. I think this is just one of those kind of weeks where everyone's kind of expecting almost a pullback. And with that being said, I don't see too many investors just jumping into longs right now. So we'll see what happens with the overall market. But but let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest, Jeremy. I see Jeremy out there. He's ready. Let's go ahead and get him on here. We got Jeremy Schwartz from the director of research at Wisdom Tree. Let's go ahead and bring him on. How are we doing today, Jeremy? Hey, Mitch. Hi, Dennis. Joel, good to talk to you. It's good to have you on. Um, I know you've probably been hearing a little bit about our talk about the market. So uh, do you have any uh, opinions about what we've been talking about already? Yeah, I like what Dennis was saying earlier on everything is really a reopening trade or not. You know, I think so much of the market is dominated by that work from home versus stay at home. Um, you know, we saw that a lot last year. I, I think, uh, you know, certainly right now we've got, we're, we're competing with Christine Lagarde on her press conference on taper talk from the ECB. You know, I think one of our house views, um, you know, I've worked with Jeremy Siegel at Penn Wharton for 20 years, and we've been talking about the taper coming to the U.S., um, you know, that, that yes, we had a weak jobs report last time, but the underlying inflation data we think is running very hot and not going to slow down. Um, so I think that's partly what you're seeing from the ECB is also signaling that some of this stuff is not uh, not so temporary, that there's going to be longer lasting supply issues and some of these inflation pressures are with us. Um, and so we're, we have our eyes on the CPI, the PPI this this month as those being really key numbers for the Fed and that that taper talk likely, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise us to see the Fed actually taper in September. Um, September? Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been aggressive out there. I mean, that's certainly not market consensus at all. And so that's where we have an outlier view. Um, and, and, you know, that could if it, if it is true, there would be more volatility in the market as the market adjusted to that. Well, I mean, I mean the, Fed, the Fed must look here, you know, at this morning and seeing the ECB doing some tapering and seeing the market respond favorably to it, at least initially here. We actually had a rally off of this and thinking, well, maybe if we do pull, you know, or we do back it off a little bit, the markets just don't turn around and crash. 
you know, the they they started doing all these bond buys when we were in an extraordinary circumstances yield. There was a yeah. lot of issues. I mean, that we are not in that same extraordinary circumstances that we were. So they do need yeah. to eventually get off this, you know, what, what they would be real extraordinary accommodation. Um, you could say, is the mortgage market really need the Fed support today? You have home prices, all time highs and going gangbusters. Really, yeah. does the mortgage market need that. So th there is going to be a growing call, we think, within the Fed. Um, I, I mean, obviously get headlines like uh, today, there was there was somebody who said at the Fed that the, the Delta variant concerns perhaps doesn't make September in play. But you know, we we still think those inflation numbers are going to come in hot, and that that may actually force their hand. Uh, give me a sector that maybe hasn't performed well. Uh, that's not a reopening stock. Is not a stay-at-home stock. That you know, yeah, that uh, that may perform well in an inflationary environment. Um. Well, gold. <laughs> gold is is uh, you know that. It, the that's been one of the surprises. I think some of the demand there. I mean, we've got a number of combination factors of gold selling off this year. The Bitcoin ascension taking stealing some of the demand. Yeah. You have rising rates stealing. You know, being you had all these negative yielding bonds and people were buying gold because it had a zero carry instead of a negative carry in Europe. Um, that might be one area that's been an underperformer. Um, I mean, I think the, the key sector that we're watching heavily, I mean, and it's surprising you haven't seen outflows. People are buying the dip in China tech. If you look at the flows to China, mm. those those big tech stocks, you know, like the number the, the the China Internet ETFs have seen a lot of inflows. We have a fund CXSE, which is China without the state owned enterprises. What, give and us a symbol again. CXSE. SE is China X state owned. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's one that's, you know, if you look at performance, it's come down this year. It's one of the few places that's negative. Um, and, you know, the fundamentals are actually these companies are still growing. There's just this huge uncertainty over what is China doing to these companies. Yeah. And, you know, surprisingly, the, the uh, you know, investors are actually still buying it. I mean, you look at a company like Alibaba and you think, wow, this is if you're comparing it to, you know, valuations around the world. You think, wow, this thing's trading 15 times, you know, forward projected earnings. It's growing yeah. like crazy. It's there. It's it's growth at a reasonable price, you know, to the extreme, like the one of the best GARP stocks out there. But then I look and I'm like, well, you know, I have small piece, but why don't I add to it? Because I don't know what China's going to do to this company. So the political <laughs> risk keeps me out. But, you know, I, I look at the at the fundamentals of the company i think wow eventually this company's going to come back but you know maybe it's not the case of china keeps picking on them right i mean that's 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 why you get these valuation discounts is because there's an uncertainty um and so people have been selling those stocks in a big way um, i mean I, you saw a headline from ant you know like fidelity marked down their ant valuation which is tied to that alibaba decline right they th there was talks that the ipo is gonna be a 250 billion dollar company and fidelity just marked it at 78 billion um, and so that that's the the big slowdown that's impacting that started this sell off in tech was the ant the ant news yeah, um, and and, uh, and it sort of is, it, it's gone on. I mean we I, I we would say I mean I, we're we're more on the long term camp of that people are overreacting to some of this. I mean it, it's a natural reaction that when they're there's a lot of uncertainty. There's no question there's uncertainty and people hit sell immediately and then they ask questions later um 
but you know these these companies are they, they, they at the end of the day your point is is very strong that the fundamentals are growing they're still going to be really they're, they're some of the largest employers in china they don't want to kill these companies they're just trying to rein in what they what they saw they're trying to do some rebalancing and um, one of the the covered stories that the education companies we followed that were down like 90 percent because an education minister basically made them non-profits and that guy got fired People aren't paying attention to that story, but China wasn't happy with what happened to those education stocks. Can uh, you uh, give us a couple of those stocks? Are you talking so, like the EDUs and yeah, Tal, T A Tal, a, Tal. Um, and a few of those. Those those were another place where it really did uh, get hit, um, and and sentiment turned negative after that education area came under fire. Wow, Tal. And we look at this one and just bringing up the chart here, Joel. This was 80, 20, at the beginning of 2020, it's $89. It's $5 what, now. What? Oh, what's the symbol? T-A-L. Oh, I T- trade these oh, oh yeah, EDU, yeah, that T-A-L. one. T-A-L. Yeah. I mean, these things have just been assassinated. So do you think now that the guy got fired, that there's a potential here that, not that this is going back to $80 anytime soon, but the potential that maybe <laughs> the bottom is in? Well, I think this is one of those regulatory uncertainties, like how are they going to make money? I mean, they basically came in and said, you know, part of the the, the background on these education companies was it's very hard. It's not like the U.S. education system where everybody goes from high school to college. There's, you know, maybe half the people will get from a one level to the next level and then another half, you know, can go to the, the further on. So people were spending so much money to get their kids to prepare to go to these levels. So these education companies had huge businesses to keep preparing people to go further along the curve. And it was prevent it's preventing some of the China's long run goals of actually getting population growth. People are, um, per, you know, not having kids because it's so expensive to get them. And, you know, so that they, there was this high level talk about, Hey, we need to make this more reasonable for people to have kids. So it was going against China's longer term strategic plans, but they definitely were not happy with how it all happened. And uh, so we have a, a, a China member, Li Chen Ren. She's uh, become our, our, you know, from China, has 20 family members in China. And so we get a lot of the on the ground insights from her. Uh, and, and so she's talking a lot about this, that people are not focusing on that. They weren't happy with what happened in that in that sector. I don't think they're going to go back to where they were because they have changed the fundamentals in some way, but, you know, certainly um, there is some, some overreaction to how that spread across the rest of the rest of the group. We're on the line with Jeremy short Schwartz. He's the global head of research at wisdom ETFs. Uh, Jeremy recently, you discussed the, uh, the biology revolution in develops in genomics and yeah. you're going way beyond the healthcare applications. Uh, you're talking about how we grow food, agriculture, energy, and data so- uh, storage. What are, what are ways to, to capitalize on that upcoming trend? Yeah, I love that ETF. WDNA is the ticker there. So it's, it's only a few months old. But, you know, this competes with, you know, the way people have traditionally done this type of idea is in like the biotech and the genomics focus funds. This is crossing the line to like what you said, that it's way more than just healthcare. that, you know, we all we all are very well versed in the you know, mRNA vaccines, we all are getting the vaccines and we see how fast that technology came together. Um, Whereas, you know, what you don't see is the, you know, some of these private companies in agriculture that are growing fish, that are growing meat out of a lab, like how we eat is going to 
radically change. I mean, just even the environmental pressures from that, how much better it can be from these developments in biology revolution. It's going to change how we store data. Like if you think about, we're, they're getting fossils that have a million years worth of data from DNA storage. Whereas you think about if your iPhone, you think you're going to have, if, if, you, if, they, if they dug up your iPhone, you think that's going to be around a million years later? It's just fundamentally different what, what DNA can store. Um, so even data storage is going to be an area that gets changed with this biology revolution. Uh, energy is another place where they're doing a lot of in, interesting advances. Um, so yeah, this is a brand new fund. We're working with Jamie Metzel, who's, uh, who's on the WHO Genome Editing Standards uh, Commission. You know, he's wrote a book, Hacking Darwin, which is where we first learned about him uh, and, and sort of partnered with him to create this basket of innovative companies. All right. Before we let you go, uh, I was wondering if you could do me one favor. Uh-oh. Sure. Uh-oh. Okay. So love the name Jeremy, right? Jeremy Schwartz, we have you on. You're a great guest. And, and, and you're tight with Jeremy Siegel, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So would it be possible to get Jeremy Schwartz Jeremy Siegel, and then I'm going to get Jeremy Newsom. He's uh, one well, of our Jeremy favorite. Show. Yeah, a Jeremy show. <laughs> Let's work on it. Can we work on that? You think, yeah. you think that might be a possibility? Because, I, I mean, you give us great insights into the markets. Um, fundamentally, you know, we need this on the show that, you know, to look at things. We like to look at technicals. But a lot of, you know, the fundamentals move the, the markets. Uh, Jeremy Siegel's been around for Longer than me, believe it or not. And uh, I like that Jeremy Newsome is just a, a great guy, an upcoming trader. So I'll send you an email, and hopefully we can arrange that uh, by the end of the year. I would love it. The Jeremy Show. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate it. All right, SAPs are—they're trying, Dennis. They're—they're they're only down four and a quarter. Yeah. They're trying to hit it. Could we like could the, this could be one of the well we're pretty close to the upper part of the range so I don't want to say the range for the day is in but because uh, we're only four points off the high but yeah. right there with that to close man Bring can the bulls do up. it can the pool can the bulls get a screen on the session if they do I will be very impressed I don't know you got to show me the chart so show me oh, that spy chart there because I'm still looking at the wizard spy I go spy. I'll go spy for yeah, you. Yeah, well, we like spy. I don't like paint. I, I spy with my little eyes. I don't, there you do go. I don't have to do fancy adjustments on the roll. Yeah, spy. I, I do have to do the dividend adjustment, though. So there is adjustments there. Yeah, too. that's only four times like, a year. There you go. What do you think? You know, I think we're just going to be in a chop fest here. I think yesterday's <laughs> low. I think yesterday's low is safe, at least at this point in time. Um, you know, I think we're going to chop around. Maybe we even have an inside day, Joel. Maybe we even have an inside day. Oh, an day inside day, day for sure. Because oh, Joel's calling inside day for sure. No, no, nothing's ever for sure. Nothing's but. for sure. Well, because yesterday, if the real high, the real traders, twenty four seventy five was the high, and I just think you know, even if you do get green, it's going to be like chunk, like offers, boom, you know, people trying to get out of the set to buy the D's. But uh, yeah, an inside day is a good call on that. I that I look at the, that twelve fifty. I mean, it's close. The bulls are trying. You just not giving up. I, I did find one green stock here, thanks to Christian Fromhertz, uh, just tweeting it out because I did not notice this. Peloton, P-T-O-N, oh, launching their own stock. apparel line here. Joel, you're I still a Peloton shareholder. Maybe this turns them around. Maybe no, they see the I success that, that Lululemon – stop and hear me out. Maybe they hear the success that Lululemon is having and they're like, hey – we're going to launch our own apparel line here, too. They're trying to get away from being the one-trick pony, and they really are just a one-trick pony. So moving away, I like this move. 
I actually like this move in Peloton. I still hate the valuation. I doubt I'm coming into the stock at these prices, but I will tell you one thing. I mean, moving into apparel, you know, the Peloton yoga pants. I mean, I get it. I don't know what the apparel is all about. I haven't seen the details yet, but smart move. Smart move. They're cutting prices, Dennis. They're cutting prices. No, I know. These that's why the stocks are coming yeah, down. Yeah, that's... Why, and that's why they're moving into apparel because they got to justify yeah. this valuation somehow. And when, you know, obviously we, we always talk about that value gap, you know, when you've got the growth stocks that start to growth starts to slow and the value stocks sitting down there, and the value investors looking at Peloton saying, I'll pay 20 bucks for it, but not paying a hundred. You got to figure out a different way. So I like that they're doing this. Is this turn around the company? Does this turn around the stock? No. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, how big can Peloton, you know, can it compete, you know, on the apparel, you know, it's maybe already- it's got a name, maybe. But, you know, it's not Lululemon, I'll tell you that. One of the things also, I mean, the story here is starting to change. On Friday, they released a headline that their app usage had fallen 42%. So that's not a a good sign. Not a good sign. And and one of the things that I, the only thing I could point to the upside is that you're going into winter, right? That's when you're going to start seeing some more Pelotons get bought because, I mean, no one wants to go outside and, 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 and work out in the winter months. So I think that could give it a lift going into it. Um, I'm not sh- so sure. You know, we don't have that much uh, his- historic perspective on Peloton. But I think one of the things is you're starting to see them innovate. Like you said, Dennis, try to get into different areas to keep hitting that bottom line, making their revenues, hitting their estimates. I, I think you're going to continue to see them. One of the things that Peloton did in the pandemic is they try to change their name to not just it's a bike stock no it's a personal trainer app and so essentially you can get whatever you want if you if you want to do yoga you can do it on peloton yeah yeah and i think that's really <laughs> the where it's going Joel, sorry man it's not the bike it's not the bike, man. I'm Joel, Joel talking against Lisa's book here. Yeah, <laughs> He's I, been uh, trying to sell this thing since like 50 bucks. <laughs> you know what? I had a choice this morning of uh, going and swimming outside in uh, 54 degree weather. And and I'm like, well, I can do the Peloton. I'm like, you know what? I'm going swimming. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, it served its purpose. You know, uh, we bought it in December of 19. So I'm so glad we had it. I just, you know, that, that you know, the, the injury thing is still, you know, wavering. I saw when companies are like cutting prices and um, venturing into other areas, uh, to me, that that's bad. Re- to me, that, that, of a little yeah. desperation. Yeah, I think it's a desperation. But I, I seriously, oh, we do have an area where I wanted to sell this if it was originally breached. And now it's a potential sell area, 130. This, this thing ain't going back to 130. Well, I'm going to give you the double bottom from the last two days. Take okay. right from the Joel Alconin textbook okay. of technical analysis. Perfect double bottom from uh, two days ago, 96.055. And then yesterday, 96.06. I love it when you get two lows that close to each other because I do believe technicians, at least like Joel Alconin, look at these things. And you are getting a positive headline. It's being viewed as positively, at least for now. So if you are buying this on this Peloton headline, you absolutely do not want to see it take out that double bottom low of 9606. I would say you can come in here and buy and you're risking yourself about two and a half bucks because it's 9860 right now. But if I was long it, I would stop myself out the 9606 low. 
And uh, the last time you gave that kind of setup, it wasn't a double bottom, but it was uh, it was a pullback in the Bobster. And uh, it worked. Yeah, and it did. It actually yeah. it came And down. I like the pullback in the Bobster today. We're gone so. green, folks. Call green. Me. Green on green. green. Call me. There's a few stocks trying oh, to go green, but this, I'll tell you, there's some work to do on those stocks to keep this S&P futures trading green. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. There's some work here yet. But uh, I like the Bobster pullback here this morning. Um, again, you know, I, I I do. I've said I think the 152 low. I mean, it's you know, looking hindsight, capitals 2020 always. But um, I think the 152 is though your low of the year in Bobster. I don't think it's going lower. I mean, there's been some bad headlines, and again yesterday, obviously, you know, the Tencent and NetEase getting slammed on Chinese politics once again, and Net NetEase NTES getting hit here once again on it as well. Baba getting pulled back. Baba pulling back. I kind of like the Bobster here in this area. I, I'm not saying I'm a buyer. I still have a little piece, but I kind of want to be a buyer. So I kind of like to pull back here this morning on the Bobster. All right. Now, one of the that I want to go to is DraftKings here. They launched online sports betting in Arizona. That's kind of the news that you're going to get today. Also, I mean, right? NFL coming kickoff day yep. kickoff yes i'm gonna be having some drinks with the crowd enjoying it i know that there's gonna be people doing some bets there's gonna be also the free promotions right i always talk about the promos look Jeez. for the one that has the best promo that's giving you the most that might be where the consumer goes today so i'm gonna be looking at the promos to give me a little bit of a sign where the kind of investors might go also uh dkng pen um, we, we talked about the genie recovery. We can talk a little bit Holy about that, Mitch, but we, we talked about buying that pullback. I wanted to buy that pullback yesterday. I didn't want to do it on the first day. Got to do them on the first day, I guess. Cause they only give a you a little day. chance. Yeah. G I was down almost two bucks at the open. That it was, was a complete gift. It opened near and at the lows, basically, and went straight did up it? from there like a rocket ship. I don't know if it did open near the lows, Dennis, because I was yeah, looking at it. Did it? it? it yeah. Did. The opening me, tick uh, was 1937 and yeah, went down to 1910, so it didn't open right at the lows, but oh, it opened you're right. down there. Okay. And okay. they ripped that thing in the first five mm. minutes. Then it had the little pullback after that, and it hasn't looked back, and it continues to go higher. That was the pullback mad at myself because i talked about buying the pullback on the show hopefully a few other people did so now the guts to do it on the first day you gotta sometimes just say hey you know when you got a storied stock it's getting hit on its earnings and the story is still intact sometimes you know that's the buying opportunity i did it with that scene it paid off it would have paid off with genie 2 gni the mitch has brought us this is mitch's stock i like it because mitch likes and i like the thing behind the thing analysis and i like the sports betting i like the seasonality of the play all the ducks were in a row to buy that pullback. It would have worked perfectly, except one, I didn't do it. Two, mainly, I forgot about it. I didn't think it opened that low. Uh, the old I didn't whoops, know I did. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't look the at the old whoops trade. We talk about, you know, you you want to buy something or fade something on a on open. You buy nineteen thirty seven. You're not sure. You know, is it going to trade under nineteen? But if you could have been cat quick and just put a buy stop in there uh, in nineteen thirty seven, when it came back up through that level, you're like. Before you even card it up, it's 1950, 1960, 1970. So that's uh, that's a little bit of a, a strategy. Mitch, just quick side note: uh, suicide pool this week. <laughs> I mean, is it is Tampa Bay too obvious? Is Dak gonna surprise uh, people? Yeah, or I see that happening. Honestly, um, one of the things that I I have always noticed is Tom Brady actually starts slow. 
He does fast. Uh, if you actually look into his season stats, you'll see that he does really, really great past week six. Um, so the reason I think that happens is, you know, he's a he's he's like a coach uh, on the field. Right. And so he understands defenses. Um, and I think at first you don't know what defenses are trying, how they're trying to attack you. Uh, beginning of the season, you kind of learn how they're attacking you and then you go and adapt. I think that's so who I, would you go with that? I'd have to go with Dak here. You know, Dak is going to do great to win outright. I, I have to give it to the Cowboys tonight. A surprise um, reason why everyone's sleeping on Dak. Everyone thinks that his shoulders hurt. And if he does what he. It's his ankle. Doing, he hurt his ankle. Both. He hurt his shoulder he, too? Yeah, he had a, sh- a hurt shoulder for a little while. He wasn't able to throw for like three weeks. Um, they're saying that he's he's whipping it again. He has the receivers to do it. He has the running back. He has the offensive line. Why not? Okay. All right. We got uh, another minute here. Anything you want to you want to finish up with? Yeah. Last one I want to bring up is Lucid Motors because it did take a turn down after filling the gap. Um, the question is, what's going to happen with this stock? Is it going to attack the lows? I know the warrants were called uh, that that also hit it yesterday. So let's take a look at L- Lucid Motors right quick. LCI. Okay. Last one up here. This has already had the rally. It had that day where, you know, me and you, Mitch, were talking about 15. We never got down there. It only got down to 16, 12. And it filled the gap perfectly. I mean, this is a gap fill trade to the T. We're talking about the gap down from the previous close. And I'm going back to the 31st for the new gap traders. The low was 1992. It opened way down at 16, 12. So they had a huge gap to fill. Where do we go? I mean, Joel, this is so textbook. 1995, and then we double top at 2002. Yeah, I don't like we, that at all, that now you've filled that gap entirely. So the gap fill trades off the board, and now you put in a double top right at the point of the gap uh, fill trade. I think until you get above 20, there you know, sell our rallies and lucid. You quoted me exactly. We talked about this on uh, at the close show uh, with Mitch yesterday. I've, I feel about that. I'd rather buy this thing at uh, twenty oh five, right? I mean, you get the breakout there. Today's a big day for it. I mean, if you can hold, I mean, you're not exactly getting a running start, right? The average range on this thing, a buck, a buck and a quarter. You got a ways to go, but I'd keep an eye on twenty. I'd, I'd, this is one that uh, possible buy on strain. So. All right, I'm going to hop over to Pre-Market Prep Plus. Got a bunch of symbols to cover over there. Uh, Mitch, I will let you know if I'm coming down uh, to the headquarters today or tomorrow. And um, everyone have a good day. Let's see if the spoos can stay green. All right, that's going to do it for Joel. We also got Dennis getting on out of here. Dennis, go kill it. Another day, man. Always. We're trying. We're just trying to pay the bills, Mitch. We're just trying to pay the bills. So we will see you guys again tomorrow. I predict potential inside day, a little bit of chop fest, not chasing moves, although I don't mind that Peloton setup off that low that I talked about. All right. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Dennis. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, guys. So before we get to Peter Tuckman, I want to talk about, yes, right here, guys, the full day of free education. If you're not checking this out, you definitely need to, guys. Uh, we're going to be d- doing a boot camp this weekend. Let me go ahead and put it up on the screen here. Uh, if you want to learn from zero to a hero, man, uh, September 11th, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern all the way till 5 this is on a Saturday, so you guys come learn. Look at the speakers that we have. We got Tim Quast. Uh, we, we're going to have Anne-Marie. 
Uh, we got Chris Carpy, Mark that runs our education program. Neil's going to be there. You guys go learn at the boot camp. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. All right, let's go ahead and bring him on here. How we doing, Peter? I'm all right, buddy boy. How you doing? Hey, excited to have you on. You know, you're kind of like a hero around here. So <laughs> it's good to have you here. I, I know that you've been seeing kind of a, a little bit of a weak start to our September. Are, are you thinking that, you know, the seasonality is really coming into play? You know, normally s- September gives us a little bit of a pullback. Do you feel that's affecting the market right now? You know, I was joking. I made a little uh, tape the other day talking about the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur trade, mm-hmm. right? And that's one that classically has worked where people sell on Rosh Hashanah, buy back on Yom Kippur. I, you know, whether that's what's happening here or not, we haven't seen the sell in May and go away be working lately either. So seasonality, yes, it is a factor. I don't think the playbook this year is going to be the same. I think it's a little bit of the Fed, the fear with the Fed. I think, you know, Janet Yellen's talk yesterday about government defaulting. You know, look, the market at this point, we've been trading at record highs through a lot of a lot of chop over the last week or so. And, you know, we obviously need something to catalyze us on the way up or the way down. And I'm not clear we have that yet. So the market's kind of churning. It's kind of trying to get comfortable coming into the last quarter. You know, there are, you know, we had a week of, of, of storms. We've had, you know, uh, some just bad news generally, uh, inflation, Afghanistan. I mean, these as individual entities don't really move a market. But when you put it all together and you get this sort of a perfect storm, you need people to wonder, am I really going to pay these valuations right now to get back into this corner? Do I wait and let the seasonality play out a little bit and see what's going on? I think that's kind of where we're at. You know, there just seems each time we've seen any kind of a drastic sell-off drastic. We haven't seen any drastic yeah, sell-off. But whenever we've seen any consolidation or a pullback, which I think is the best way to describe it, you know, you've got crashes, you've got pullbacks, you've got consolidation and whatnot. Anything we've seen is nothing more than a bit of a pullback. And we find a bit in the market no matter what, whether it's on individual stocks. I know the guys before were talking about these reversals where you'll see a stock gap down but quickly bounce back up. It happens with crypto. It happens with the meme names. It's happening with the market and the spiders in general. Every day we've seen any kind of a pullback, we do see a bid step into the marketplace. So I think there are people there with shopping lists ready to buy things at any discount that comes in. And they're not really waiting around for the big discount because it just hasn't come. I, I, I can, couldn't agree more. I know that a lot of people have been looking for that 10% correction in the SPY, but we, we got it in the IWM, right? I, I mean, that could have been it itself. And, and now we're seeing that consolidation here. Um, now, one area in industry I'd love to ask you on is is gambling stocks. You know, this is an industry that's kind of relatively new. I'm seeing the growth coming into play, also seasonality now with the NFL coming out. Do you, how do you, how do you view this industry going into, let's say, 2022? You know what? It's unfortunately not a space I know anything about. I'm not a sports gambler personally. And so I don't really follow the stocks and I can't really, really say anything that intelligent on the sector. So I won't, but clearly it's a, you know, we've seen things come in to the marketplace, new plays in so many different ways. And this is one of the biggest new names, right? You're seeing the David Portnoy story. You're seeing a lot of, a lot of stocks that that have come out have been attractive. You know, most 
of the investment community are gamblers by nature, right? They do play the sports game. And so the legality of it, the legalization of it in so many states and the fact that it's so accessible and then there are public companies now that do it and track it, I think it's definitely a sector to keep your eyes on. All right. So now one thing I want to get into here is you guys do run Wall Street Global Trading Academy. And one of the things that I've been seeing is, of course, you know, day traders of last year uh, starting to come into some battles and learning the market here. So what would you suggest for those traders that are out there that, you know, went through a, a really bullish year last year and are now going through a little bit of a struggle in a, in a choppy market? I, I really appreciate the question because, yes, I do work for Wall Street Global Trading Academy. It is a course and a webinar and a class that teaches technical analysis. And clearly, you've got a 40 million new people got into the market in March 2020. Everybody thought that, you know, this the market got back to even by August. It's done way double digit growth since then, trading at record highs. Everyone who got in and bought at that point feels they've got diamond hands. But when markets start to do what they are doing right now, which is consolidation, which is grinding and moving, trying to find their balance, when you've got the meme stocks going wildly, vacuumed on the way up and way down, when you've got people following the internet as a as a robo advisor in so many ways, you're going to see you're going to see pain, right? And when you see stocks go from 20 to 400 and back to 60, or you're seeing stocks go from 40, 60, 80 and back to 35, and you see we see it at Wall Street Global. People come to us in desperation saying, you know what? I thought this was get rich quick scheme. I really did well from May, from March uh, till now. And now I'm just getting beaten up. I'm trying to get back to even, you know, I did the worst thing possible. I listened to the internet for, you know, for, and, and hope is a strategy. And now I've spent the last month and a half trying to get back to even because I bought stocks with a, with a FOMO mentality. Right. So I beg everyone to learn the tools of technical analysis, whether you learn it from Wall Street Global or anywhere else. You know, there are a lot of good educators out there. I think obviously David Green is the best and one of the great teachers because teaching is not an easy thing to do. There are a lot of guys out there who know day trading and technical analysis, but being able to convey that information in a way that's accessible to a new trader. Right. Or somebody who is sort of not particularly humble, who's gotten beaten up and really are kind of licking their wounds and need someone to, to uh, uh, give, them a, give them a little bit of a hug and mentor them and coach them. We do that to our students, where every Thursday, people who buy the course, we walk through the course with them. We do it live on Zoom. And there's, that's nothing, there's nothing better than that. That is our secret sauce. That's our differentiator, where we get on with the students. Because some people learn, in di- people learn in different ways, right? And this is a hard game because you've got the psychology between your ears that's telling you this guy is good. I don't want to miss out. Look, everybody's buying these things. And that's that's the voice you can't be listening to with the discipline and consistency of a smart trader, right? That's the super part of this thing, that, that hope is not a strategy. The internet is not a strategy. Learning the tools and knowing it yourself on how and when to get into a stock on the long side or the short side, where the probability is in your favor that you're going to win more times than you're going to lose, Using risk management, stop orders. I know the boys before me talked about that, but guys, a stop order. Every time you get into a trade, you have to have a plan to get out, right? And you got to start taking profits when it goes up. You've got to have trailing stops on the way up to never turn a winning trade into a losing trade. That is the premise of this business. Hit singles and doubles. You don't have to swing for the fences for a home run every time because you may win once or twice, but eventually you're going to go to that well and you're going to get hurt. So consistency, discipline, risk management are the keys to this biz.
hey, you know, like I would say like in baseball, you, you can't bat 200 and just hit home runs. So you, you got to hit those singles and doubles. And I definitely do think at the end of the day, it's all about process building, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, your process might not be the same process that I'm using, but we got to build it up to the levels to trade how we want to continue and also see the consistency, not only in the up waves like last year, but in the down waves where you need to control your risk and control your capital. I think that's what a lot of traders are going through the struggle of learning right now. Yep. That's the most important thing. That's what they're learning. I got to run to a dentist appointment. I'm sorry, buddy. Hey, no, I really I appreciate, appreciate you asking me that question. People, please go check out our website. Check out Benzinga. They are the best. They've given us a great platform. We love them, endorse them all the time. But if you're interested in technical analysis, check it out. Today, actually, we're going to be doing a live webinar with Quant Data. It was an amazing, unusual activity uh, option quant uh, uh, aggregate uh, guys at 1230 on Zoom. You can go sign up for it on uh, my page, David Greens, and on Quant Data with learning it, and on Wall Street Global Trading Academy. So go check it out, everyone. Good Pretty to talk to you, buddy. Peter. You have a great day. Take care. Yeah. All right, there, there you guys have it there. Peter talking about how you can really kind of change on over. I know there's a lot of traders out there that went through last year that are now struggling to understand how they can get profits in the market. Definitely start going into systems, learning from them and how you can apply it. All right, let's go ahead and let's get into our crypto update today. I want to take a look at the crypto. What's going on out there? You guys hit the like. Let's go ahead and take a look. out there guys let's go ahead and take a look here at the crypto market see what we're seeing moving all right let me just pull up my screen here all right looks like it's a green day here btc up about 1.2 percent eth 2.72 solana is really the impressive one up 28 percent that was up yesterday also so definitely hey guys check out sol solana doing uh, amazing uh, i definitely need to pe start paying attention more towards that one uh, doge sitting at 1.9 percent up xrp up two points 2.01%. I'm going to keep watching these to see if they keep moving, but definitely, I mean, really quickly, Solana has been moving pretty significantly. I'm going to keep an eye out on this one. Um, and it, it's going and trading at $206 right now. It's something that really impresses me because I've seen this one make big moves recently and it's going to be on my watch. That's going to do it for our cryptocurrency watch this morning. Now, we'll let you guys know we got an action-packed day today. We're going to be getting into live trading next. So you guys smash the like. This will take you right to it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to knock out some good trades for us today. I also got my other uh, kind of co-hosts, like always. I'll have uh, Zunaid also in there and Ryan. So I'm super excited to get onto live trading. You guys hit the like. Hit the share button below. Let everyone know pre-market prep is the best morning show i want to see the likes go up here at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.